Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends, to Navigate with I.D. Enang. It's such an honor and pleasure to be here today. Thank you so much, my very good people. Thank you, divine, task-bearing people. Thank you for all that you've done for me, for my country, for my community, for corporate shepherds, and most of all, for staying through. I'm so grateful to God for this opportunity, and I would never take it for granted. And like I always say, I'm grateful to God for the gift of life. On Tuesday, when I came to the studio, we had an opportunity to talk one-on-one. Today, we have an opportunity to continue from where I stopped. I asked a very simple question at the end of the program. I said, is building a legacy important to you? I wonder how many of us really gave some thought to that question. Remember, we are looking at the subject, living a legacy-filled life. What is a legacy-filled life? It's about you. It's about your family. It's about your career. It's about your community. And most importantly, it's about your future. So asking that question was very deliberate. Coming on the heels of the concept that I put on the table, a concept I've shared in years past that I brought back to the table, the concept around the Japanese ikigai, spelled I-K-I-G-A-I. I also witnessed a few of us try to take a stab at it, the concentric circles, while some others were swift and good enough to pick it up from the internet to put it up for others to see on Twitter. And if you're not following me on Instagram or Twitter, the handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. If you do, you and I can afford to share our knowledge. We can afford to share concepts and we can afford to banter in a way and manner that will ease our development. I am still growing. I don't know about you, but I am still growing. The day you stop growing, that day anyone is dead. When I talk about death, yeah, it's not the physical death. I'm talking about everything around you getting to a standstill. Learning is a continuum, friends. And so I'm really graced by God. And the opportunity to be able to share with you is something that comes to me very very nobly and excitingly. And so I'm asking you today, do you, with all sincerity, believe in legacy, in having a legacy-driven and filled life? If you do, then you'd have started thinking about the question which I muttered on Tuesday as we close the show. Today, I'm going to build on that and start from that. I asked the question, is building a legacy important to you? If the answer you've thought about is a yes, then the next question I'll be asking you is, have you identified your destination? Today we sit graciously within the ambits of the month of June. The month of June has just started. Now you can look at the year 2021 as an example and say to yourself, by so-so and so-so time, here is what I believe I should be doing. This is where I want to be. So take, for example, I just marked my 55th birthday last week. Now 55 is where I am now. 
and I'm saying to you by the grace of God, God giving me grace and life, when I am 60, I want to be teaching in the university, sharing business and leadership ideas, experiences with those who will be in there, the young ones, up and coming SMEs in the making, telling them about the practices of business and what it takes to live an ethically great life when it comes to business. At the same time, to share my own career trajectory, whatever is laid upon my heart at that point, as a function of what the audience will need, I will be, by the grace of God, teaching in the university. That is my destination for age 60. So you can do the same. You can look at five years down the road and say to yourself, what is that destination that you've identified? And you can start walking towards it. It doesn't have to be something out of the ordinary. It must be something that you know that fits within the concept of Ikigai. What you love, what you're good at, what the world needs. And at the end of the day, it's what you'll be paid for. When you take all of those four elements together and you piece your passion linked with your mission and it becomes your profession, you then use your vocation to sit well and earn something called a dividend. The dividend can come in form of cash. It can come in form of fulfillment. It can come in the form of a pat on the back. More importantly, you understand that you're giving value back to society. Friends, there's nothing as good as living a legacy. Don't mind what people say. Don't think about everyone that thinks about, I need to grab now for me, my, I. No. God did not make us to be selfish. God made us to be able to be codependent, interdependent. An independent mind cannot go far because you'll only stay alone. That is why you have islands are surrounded by water. Everybody needs somebody. You cannot be the only one that will make it. Life is so, so short and interesting that we all require each other. That's why we should not be talking to ourselves in a tribal context. We should not bring in ethnicity. God did not look at ethnic groups. No. God did not look at the color of the skin. No. What he did was to set up a group called humans, humanity. Can you tell me if the blood that runs in the veins of an American is different? The color is very different from that of an Egyptian. All of it, you'll see it's about the human race. It's not about any other race, friends. So it is important that your destination must have a people-centric and a community-centric and, more importantly, a societal value at the end of it. If it is all about you, then you'll get into a space of looking at yourself like Nebuchadnezzar, thinking that you have arrived. That is when, God forbid, you may just be given the heart of a beast. God forbid, because many men that you see today who just sit in one place and it's all about them, all about everything is all about I, me, mine, my. Mm -mm, it is not so. At the end of the day, they are given hearts of beasts and they will not even have any feelings. They can't be touched. And when you see some of them, the way they act with their staff, you wonder, is this man human? I don't expect that a woman would have such, but there are, there will be, because they've conquered the world and they feel it's all about them. No, it's about legacy. It's about people. 
But before you can move on that journey, remember I said to you that a legacy-driven life starts from you. And so I'm going to sit in the trajectory of asking a very sincere and severe question. Do you believe in a life cycle and a wealth trajectory? So we are talking about you. And you now, I'm asking about what plans do you have in a phase of life there is a period in your life now that you need to understand that there is a life cycle around wealth. If you are part of the young ones and the younger generation, there is a time when you are under protection. I call it the period of your protection. That is when you are single. That is when you are just alone and you do not have any responsibility. Here I'm talking about direct responsibility. I'm talking about having a spouse. I'm talking about having a family. In that space, if you do not have a planned life cycle, there are things that will hit you. There are things that will come. Why? Every individual can either plan or go through the wealth trajectory as it is. What is this wealth trajectory? When you are single, when you are married, and when you have a family, there's a single space that you go through those motions. Especially when you get into that truth, there's a period of protection. Why is it protection? Protection because you are insulated. As a single man or woman, you can afford to earn a fantastic salary. And every weekend, you choose to take a large chunk of your money to go to the club or the lounge and feast with your friends dance to the latest music, spray all the musicians. You'll be known about the guy in town. You'll wear the best of attires. You're single. You have no responsibility. You uberize yourself or you may just decide to buy one of the C-classes. You just want to show off with your friends or you get a nice Camry. You talk about the model, the year, and you, you know, you make it up in such a way that everybody sees it as your own baby. You call it all kinds of names. It's under what? Your personal protection. Protection here because you are enjoying the life. What you don't see is that there's a phase that will be necessary. What you don't see at that point in time is that there'll come a time your life and your age is not static. That as your age begins to move, people are wondering that at this point you should be taking on additional responsibility. But if of course you are not and you don't want any responsibility, nobody is going to stop you from partying. You can keep partying so the sun comes down, nobody bothers. But I tell you, none of them will tell you. They'll only tease about it. And then somewhere in there, for the serious-minded ones are your mates, they would have gone into a different space of getting married. And you start, first of all, by attending the wedding. You'll be one of the groomsmen, but you don't see that there's a wealth trajectory being built. You'll be the groomsmen. You will even begin to make faces and passes at some of the other ladies the ladies in waiting, and they'll be tossing all the bouquets and then you, mm, don't worry, I'm still a player. I'm still playing around. Life cycle is moving. This same friend of yours, the next thing calls you for a naming ceremony. Next thing he calls you for the birthday of the son or the daughter. The next thing he says, oh, we now have three children by the grace of God. You're still single. You're still rolling in the clubs and making this guy about town. The sense of responsibility has faded. What you don't understand, so is your wealth trajectory. I don't care, even if you are 
sitting with 419 as your number, there's always an end game and there's a day. You know, I always say this, no matter what you do, there's payday. No matter what you do. While the earth remains, there's seed time, seed time and harvest. Everyone will pay for the reward of his own demeanor or misdemeanor. And so I'm saying to you, friends, that the life cycle and the wealth trajectory is very key for you to understand that legacy will stay when you come through the period of protection, you cannot walk away from the fact that once you're married and you have a family, you need to start putting together something called is a season of accumulation. What is this season of accumulation? That's when you need to put things away. You need to save. You need to invest. You would have thought it. If you take a parallel of one person who was busy chopping his money, enjoying himself, and another was saving and putting a bit of this away somewhere. You can invest. You can put all of that in usury. You can do different things. There are different formats to be able to invest. That period is a period of accumulation, a period where you begin to have assets that will begin to speak for you in the next age. All of this period is a pre-retirement age. When you sit in that pre-retirement age, is a period of accumulation. I'm not talking about accumulating cars. No, I'm talking about you consciously putting away something because there'll be a post-retirement. At the post-retirement stage, like some of us are in today, I've gone past protection, I've gone past accumulation. There's a third phase called the phase. The post-retirement phase is what you now term as a stage of distribution. Typically, that curve begins to come down. For someone who has gone through an unplanned life cycle, the world trajectory will start at protection will be rising. At the time of accumulation, goes up to the peak. But when that person comes to the point of retirement and post-retirement, you find the person come down. There's a sharp decline. The same way it went up, that's the, that's the graph of an unplanned life. That's the graph that you see for an unplanned human being. And that individual never knew that the world trajectory can take that kind of shape. It can, it can, and it will if you do not wake up, if you are not legacy-minded. But if I take you to another graph, I take you to another part of a planned life cycle with a wealth trajectory that recognizes the period of protection, that recognizes the single, the married, the family space that I talked about, that recognizes the pre-retirement phase, you'll find that the graph will be very different because the bars, you'll find at every point, there are peak points. And when it comes to the retirement, it doesn't drop. That person or that individual would have made adequate plans by way of a vocation. That's why, friends, it's important that you look at yourself and have a vocation, something that can bring something in, something you can be paid for. Is it speaking? Is it writing? Is it dancing? Is it, you know, drawing? Is it artistry? Whatever it is, find a vocation, get interested in it. This is very different from you, of course, being a professional, either as a doctor, lawyer, a marketer, an architect, that's your profession. But in your post-retirement days, 
if you do not want your trajectory to come all the way down and that graph to come down like an unplanned individual, you need to now do something about it. And doing something about it, this is where you see how those four concentric circles come to life. And that's why the central point is called the place of legacy. And I want you to know, friends, that the life cycle and wealth trajectory is real. For those of us who are now in that phase, we know what it is that we can come back here and begin to tell you. For those that did not plan, some of them begin to find that the world is not the way they thought it. They put their hands in their fingers in their mouth and say, and I know, God forbid that I regret or you regret because now somebody is telling you what you should do and not allow the rain come beat you. You would have had either a raincoat or a shield or an umbrella. You would have had the right shoes if you know that there's always a flood. This is the essence of Navigate with ID Friends. And that's what I've put together in some parts of my book, which you currently have seen being promoted. If you've not gotten a copy, please do me the honors. Just go get a copy from Roving Heights or go to my website, navigatewithid.com. You'll get a copy. And in the days to come, when I go on the book tour, my book tour is not to sell books. No. For those of you that have bought the books, for us to sit down in a room, like having a fireside chat. Remember the days of Tales by Moonlight? If you ever remember that we used to have a program on NTA, Tales by Moonlight, you have someone sitting and then you have a little group of uh, young people, children sitting around this auntie. That auntie will be myself by the grace of God, but it will be an auntie with Uncle ID, or it will be Mr. ID, or it will be ID. Whatever title, you keep the title, just give me the name because the name is mine. I don't have a title associated with it. It is how you see me that you respond to me by way of a title. Like my mother-in-law is the only one that calls me the title Obong because I was given that title by my kinsmen, Obong Wam. My mother-in-law is the only one that I know today that calls me Obong. She's the only one. Even my parents don't. But when I go home to see the king of my village head or the village council, they address me as such. So I'm not used to being called Obong, but I'm telling you it's because of the way they see me. That's how they call me. Titles don't mean anything to me. What makes a lot of sense and means a lot more to me is my name. That is why I'll do everything by the grace of God to protect it. Because the Bible tells me that a good name is better than riches. So friends, this is about life. This is about doing what is necessary to keep the fire burning, to ensure that God that created us is able to look at the return on his investment. You are a creation of God. God, like every other human being on earth that has an investment and invested interest needs some returns. What is your return to God for the work that he has done in your life? That's where you need to make sure that your world trajectory is focused, that your life is able to bring meaning to others. If you don't, you have failed. You have failed. Everyone should begin to look at it. So this part is very, very critical, friends. Remember I told you that a legacy-driven life starts from you. And that's why I'm bringing this, I'm calling this out. And so when I have that book tour, it is very then easy for us to sit in that small group. We are going to respect COVID regulations, friends. I'm going to have it across the cities starting from Lagos. So Lagos is going to have a huge slot because I'm here with you on Navigated ID on Lagos Talks. So we'll have it. The timetable will be out. 
make it a point that you register and you'll come there. And by the way, I know the way people, once it's made free, you'll just decide the last minute you'll not come. Trust me, I know what I'll do differently to ensure that at least you take a bite in. And if you don't, you will also know that it's not a waste of my time. When we sit around the table, I can share with you very personal things that I did to myself that helped me keep my trajectory such a way that today, by the grace of God, I'm not coming to you to beg. I'm not going to anybody to beg. I'm trusting God to be able to give me the next meal because for my will is to do it the will of him that sent me. That is the essence of living, friends. But if you miss it and you are following the life of materialism, just sitting there in that state of protection, I'm a young man, I'm having a swell time. I don't need a wife. I just, you are digging your own grave. And when the time comes, you will just see that there'll be nobody there. You'll be forgotten so quickly and easily. But if you go through a pathway where you understand that people are well, you'll begin to invest yourself in a way that people will look up to you. And God forbid, he owns the times and the seasons that he wants to call you earlier than his time. You will know that people will look around and say, wow, what an impact. A young man called Samson, he made more impact in his death than he did when he was alive. Why? Because he had a pathway of destiny. But he took grace for granted. Don't take grace for granted, friends. Don't take it for granted. It is given to everyone that what you do will always account and count. So your life cycle and wealth trajectory is a function of how you take it from today. Take it from me that if you just live a careless life, there'll be a time where you realize that if only you had done what you should have done, you wasted the period of protection. If only you had accumulated what you should have done in the period of accumulation. If only you recognize that at a certain point, there will be distribution. If only you can see today that now there's always a pre-retirement and then retirement and then post-retirement. You are not going to have the same strength and fiber that you have today in the years to come. What do you do when the strength begins to wait? Are you going to sit by a gate and be doing babiala? Are you going to stay by the road and be asking people for money? God forbid, now is the time. And so I'm going to move very swiftly, friends. Having said all of that, let him that has ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the people. I say to one, I say to all. What I say to one, I say to all. And so for those that are sitting on the path where they know that they need to look at a legacy-driven life, who are very motivated by having a planned life cycle, who understand that there's a concept personally for me, there's what is called predictable progress. Because God has given you life. He has given you the skill, the ability, the power to create wealth. Every other thing is in your hands. I've told you the story about the platform. It's all my analogy because I just think about it. The guy standing on the floor, the bare floor, and the guy that stands on his tool, and the guy that stands on the table, three of them are standing on three different platforms. If the destination is to hit the roof or to touch the roof, to your mind, you'll think that the guy on the table will easily touch the roof, but he may not. And so giving to every one of us our opportunities, every one of us are standing on different platforms right now, my friends. 
You may be on the ground. Some other friend of yours may be on the stool. Another may be on top of the table. That does not in any way make you disadvantaged. But what is going to turn you into the man that will ultimately make it happen is how you approach issues. That you are privileged to stand on the table does not make you end the journey very well. That you are privileged to stand on the stool does not make you have an advantage. Just think about what happens in a race, particularly 400 meters. In the 400 meters of the relay, there are eight lanes. We always look at the man in lane eight as running the further away from lane one or lane two. But friends, when the time comes at the finishing line, it's about consistency. So when we come back, I'm going to speak to you about turning vision into action and the requirements that you need to keep you on the lane so you can afford to say to yourself, I'm walking a life of purpose to have a legacy-driven life. Don't go away. We'll be right back. It's still Navigate with ID, and I'll ask that you please stay on. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends. Just in case you're joining us for the first time, or you happen to just tune into this beautiful station, and you didn't get the privilege of starting the journey with us, I bid you welcome. We're looking at the subject, a legacy-driven life. And just before we took the break, I went through what I called the principle of a planned life cycle and the wealth trajectory. In summary, I said that every individual can either plan or go through life with or without the wealth trajectory. It is a must that whatever you sow, you will reap. There's a time called the period of protection where you are basically single and you move from being single to married and from married to having a family. Then there's a stage which is your post, uh, I beg your pardon, your pre-retirement age. That age requires a different mindset. It requires accumulation. It's a time where you save, where you invest, where you do all manner of things because there'll come a time of retirement and post-retirement. That is the time when you'll know who the boys are and the real men are. And so, friends, I did leave the last part of it talking about what needs to happen when we get ourselves on the racetrack. That racetrack requires a different kind of mentality. And so, I'm going to step into the terrain now and sharing with you what I call turning vision into action turning vision into action. And it requires certain characteristics. I have used this model to coach, to teach most places I go to because it has worked for me. This is what has worked for me in my life and my life journey so far, friends. And it's all about three major elements. I call it JDI. You keep JDI in focus. There is no reason you will not be successful by the grace of God. So what is the J? The J stands for judgment. The D stands for drive. And the I stands for influence. Let's try to unpack this, friends. Some of these are concepts that I'll be able to share when I'm on the book tour. So make it a date as you purchase the book In the Grip of Grace. Know that in the days to come, when I publish 
the place of or the meeting that you will come prepared, having read the book, to ask questions. The things that are not written in the book, I can share with you because at that point, it's called a closed circuit memorandum. That would be like tales by moonlight. I did say it's like tales by moonlight. We'll sit around the fire. We can talk about personals. Yes, they'll be recorded to share with others, but one experience cannot be the same because the human beings there will be very different. Two to three hours, averagely, will have per session. And I'm looking forward to the days ahead, the months ahead, because you and I must be able to look back and say there is a new breed without greed. There is a radical opposition to corruption. There are men and women that decide that they are going to win by righteousness, that everyone around us cannot afford to be carrying the toga of corruption, that we all can stand and do things differently. Why? Because we are turning our vision into action. What does the J stand for? And what does it require of you if you are going to truly live a legacy-driven life? You're going to hear me hammer on this consistently till you get it. If you have any questions, feel free. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. It's very simple. It's at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. If you follow me and we are able to ask questions, I can answer and I will answer. Judgment. What is judgment? Let's unpack it. There are four elements, to my mind, that make balanced judgment possible. Number one, and this is a very key element, the first item that makes it work so well is what I call analytical rigor. Many people do not have rigor when it comes to piecing things, asking the why. We are so surface, superficially oriented. Tell me something and I'll take it and I'll just walk away that you've told me something. No. You must have the penchant to analyze with rigor. If you are working in an office and they give you figures, you must look at those office figures and say, these figures tell me a story. Figures speak. But you must be able to apply yourself in the form of rigor, not being tired. Many people are mentally tired and lazy. And that's why they're not ready to go into the stress. If you ask the average young man or woman two, three questions, you'll tell it, I beg, I beg, I beg, the questions are too much. Because they are not tested, they are not tried. I say this to my generation. Many of us have spoiled our children. Why? Because we pamper them to the point where they are not even gone through any shocks. Ajebota life. What is Ajebota life? They wake up in the morning. The nanny has iron. The nanny has put the food. The nanny has done this. The nanny has polished the shoes. The nanny has washed the socks, ironed them, and they're just sleeping on the table. Mommy, I don't like this one. You say, go and give my child. That's why I'm working. They get the child, the bunny. What does it say? I don't like bunny. I like buns. They say, okay, what type of buns? Now they will tell you the species. We continue from there. And when the child gets out, they'll say, oh, mommy, um, uncle, so so and so wants to take the Range Rover. I don't want the Range Rover. I want the Camry. He said, no, tomorrow I want the Mercedes. And mommy will say, indulge. Or daddy will say, indulge my child. Uh, that's why I'm walking. And that's how they begin. They're used to that life of pampering. You should come and meet my father and tell him to take you to school in those days. He will look at you. You'll see the, my mother's beetle packed. 1200 CC, LX286. You'll see my father's Ford Escort, LU8754, packed in Surulere. Say, Daddy, come and take me. 
The only time my father had a driver was Saliu. I remember very well in 1973. That was the first and the last driver. The rest of the times, it was himself and his wife that were carrying themselves around. And do you know why Mr. Saliu ended his regime? He was one driver that would always degbe. He would sleep very close to the door and he would bend and be firing the car very close. My father said, this man, before you will kill me, let me just tell him to go. That was the end of him having any driver. But here's the story. I had to walk from Samshuni Barre straight to Lawansin. And I'll be able to get to Yaba. And from Yaba, of course, I'll find my way to Baptist Academy until such a time that we moved to Satellite Town. Then it had to be LSTC that would take mile 12 to Oshodi and then still get myself out of the way. What am I saying? All of those built a process. Now, not everybody will go through that. I understand. I'm telling you that my parents had cars, not that they didn't have, but my father will not tell a driver to go and drop me. Say, my friend, go and enter public transport. You must understand, they started building the capacity for you to interact with the environment. When you have that mindset, when you get into the world and when the real game starts, you will be forced to have a rigor. You will analyze situations. Today, a lot of the young people can't analyze situations. And that's why they feel that any little stress is stress and the rigor is not there. And that's why decisions they make are faulty because the base is wrong. Whatever you do and the foundation is not right, the building cannot rise. It's going to take the shape of the foundation. Ask any architect or engineer. You cannot put a short foundation and take a skyscraper to collapse. It's just a matter of time. And it will take a small wind or breeze to take it down. And so you wonder why people today cannot last in a marriage. They come in with a marriage. The wedding ceremony, they will call all the elders and kings in every part of the world. All manner of things. They will dance. The couple will come in. They are like a royal couple, dancing to the best of sound. By the time they get there, give them 30 days. Some are out. Why? It tells you that their judgment is faulty. Why? Analytical rigor. Even at the stage where you want to have a life partner, you don't sit down and just say, ah, I just like this guy because he has a pointed nose. You go see pointed nose, Taya. Oh, I like this babe because she has um, very nice lips. You go see nice lips, Taya. If that is what has pushed you in, then and your judgment is already faulty because you are not able to assess and look at the capacity and capability of this person. Can this person be my life partner? It starts from that, friends. You see how we make mistakes. It's not about numbers. It's not just about reading numbers. You don't have to be an accountant. But judgment is something. If you don't have this right, you'll miss the boat. So judgment starts with analytical rigor. The second thing is the ability to spot issues, which many people don't know. Spotting issues is part of what drives good judgment. And that's why I just said, you are not able to capture, you cannot see the trees from the forest. You cannot see the gorilla. There, the gorilla is looking at you right in front of your eyes. You see a monster, you say, this is a king. And when you step into it, that monster will devour you, and then you wonder why. Many people are in bed with Frankenstein because they have created body parts all over, created men in their image, created women in their image, and when they see all manner of animals, they say, this is the man I want to marry, or this is the woman I want. You are not able to spot all those issues that this man is the wife beater potential, is in him. And when he slaps you once, he says, no, don't worry, it was just a joke. Joke. Okay. When you get in, by the time you say, I can't, 
pa, pa. You say, oh my, you hit me, you hit me. The next minute, boah. You find that your judgment on that person, your balanced decision was wrong because you didn't spot. You didn't have the ability to spot the gorilla even when he was staring you in the face. Friends, you see why we are, most times our vision don't come alive because we can't spot the issues. When you can't spot issues, the third thing is you frame them. When you have analytical rigor and the ability to spot issues, the third thing on that element, on that judgment, is framing. When you see and analyze these things, you spot the issues, you then frame them in a way and manner that allows you to make a balanced decision. A balanced decision is where you'd have spent quality time in analyzing, in spotting the issues, in framing them, and so you can unpack them in a way that tells you what action do I take to mitigate or to make this work? Whether in your business, whether in the marriage you're about to get into, whether in the office you work, whether in relationships, whether in your education, or you find yourself serving in any capacity, in your office, within your family. Friends, this is universal. This principle is universal. It's not tied only to accounting, to economics. No, it's a life principle, friends. I teach life principles. I tell you about things that you can take in one space and it will apply across board. Don't just wake up and say, this is the man I want. This is a woman I want. This is a business I want to do. Why? How? You've not asked the pertinent questions. When you don't ask questions, you don't get answers. Then you're on your own. Your judgment, I don't care how you take it, will be faulty. And by the way, you may just say, what if God spoke to me? When you get into the spirit realm, nobody can contest it because God would have spoken to you directly. When God was calling Samuel, 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 Samuel did not know. He ran to his master, Eli. He said, yes, sir, you called. He said, no, I didn't call. Go back and sleep again. Samuel went back to sleep and God called him, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, yes, sir, you called me. Eli then said to him, ah, no, but he then perceived in his heart. That perception was because of experience. He now said to him, young man, go back and sleep. And if you hear this person call you again, all you need to say is, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And then the young man went to sleep again. And of course, God called him, Samuel, Samuel. And then his master had already told him what to say. How did his master know? Because he has walked that path before. And when he said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears, God said to him, I'm about to do something that the ears of everybody will tingle. If that is the kind of situation you have found yourself where God spoke to you expressly and you have confirmed it, then go ahead and execute it because he's God. He owns everything. He knows everything. He's all-knowing. But when you know and God has spoken to you and you don't act, then you are also culpable. We know in part and we prophesy in part. That's what the good book says. So I'm telling you, friends, that when you come in this direction, you must see why there are a lot of issues in our land today. Why people are making wrong decisions whether it comes to the businesses they're doing, whether it comes into their financial status, whether it comes into how they work daily, building relationships, it's because people do not spend time analyzing. There's no rigor. You meet me and say, oh, I, I did my, this is my friend. Come and meet my friend, Victor. 
And on the surface, Victor automatically, a meeting him for the first day, I'm going to tell Victor my entire life history. And now next time I'm introducing him, I said, this is my best friend. I just met Victor now. And the next thing, there will be stories. Why? Because there was no rigor. You couldn't spot to know whether this man that was introduced to you was actually a setup. And the next minute, you find yourself in some scandal. And this goes both ways, both male, both female. And it's just faulty judgment. Why? Absence of rigor, spotting issues and framing them. And so decision-making decision isn't balanced and very faulty. Let's move swiftly to the D, drive. Drive has elements that are very essential. Personal initiative, it has to be you. Ownership is yours of that vision. It's not mine, it's yours. You have to have that self-assurance and the ability for you to act and have impact. If you don't have the personal drive, you are just going to be on your own because there are two major things that you will notice. It will be high performance and you must be result-oriented. Very many people are not result-oriented. They will not, rather than go through the performance, they just want results. Uh, don't worry, just collect the thing and let's go. No, process is necessary to have progress. But this generation don't want process because they don't have the time and the rigor to go through. They just want it quick, quick, sharp, sharp. And after you become sharpened. High performance, result orientation is what is necessary, but it sits on your personal initiative. You must be able to dream through and walk through. That drive is necessary. It's like a man taking a cycle through a hilly country. It's you, yourself, and it's the elements. The sun might be there, the moon might be there. All the elements will be complete. The rains may come, but you are going to ride that cycle and go through the hills and the valleys. And that's life, friends. It takes a personal initiative and self-assurance that you can do it. I can do it. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That hope comes from you, must radiate from you. Without hope, you can't do anything. Hope and faith are two sides of a coin. And when you have a personal drive, you know that you're going to do it. The last, but not the least, of the characteristics I shared with you, friends, within the JDI principle is influence. Influence has three elements. Number one is self-awareness. Self-awareness is very key. It's only a man that knows himself and who he is can develop himself and then deploy the assets that God has given him. Many people today are totally out of sync with who, what they are. And that's why my organization, Corporate Shepherds, we operate under the 3D philosophy. You wonder what the 3D philosophy is, that is our approach in Corporate Shepherds. We help you through a place of self-discovery. The first D is a self-discovery. When we, you get to discover who you are, we are able then to develop you. We support your development, and that's where our executive coaching programs come in. We have guided professional support. We have support for the women that are into leadership. We have support for those that are not even doing anything, performance enhancement program. Your appraisals have been suffering. It's time to visit Corporate Shepherds, friends, because we'll take you through the 3D, self-discovery, development, and then the, three, the third D is deployment. You can then deploy based on knowing who you are. By the time you go back into your company, people are wondering, wow, how did John just become such a star? And I'm saying this because that's what we do. For me at Corporate Shepherds and my team, 
We look at people and institutions and organizations and help them. So if you have your staff that are not doing well, pop us a mail. We just need 90 days by the grace of God. That man or woman will turn around. Because the elements are clear. To drive influence, the first thing you need is self-awareness. The second thing with that self-awareness is getting things done. Many people don't understand what it means to get things done. If you work with me, I'll push you. I'll push you because you've never been stretched to your limits. By the time I take you to that limit, you realize that in terms of elasticity, you are able to stand. Have you taken an elastic rubber, whatever it is, and stretched it? It will not like it. It will resist. But once you stretch it once, the next time you come, it will move. It's been able to take on more capacity. That's who you are, friends, the ability to get things done. I can't have lazy bones around me. Trust me, go through my entire career and those that have worked with me or my colleagues, you can't be lazy around me. I'll push you. What manner of lazy man or woman are you? Where are you going to come from? And it starts from the home. You can't be lazy around my father. In those days, I you will get one knock. Well, my knock was always coming. You can't be lazy around my mother. She will just make sure that you are not even my room. No matter what you do, we don't lock any room in the house. Let my father enter and let him kick anything on the floor. You will find yourself in the, in the place called there. Laziness. It has eaten into our psyche. You wonder why we are not a people of influence? Because we don't know who we are. Nationally, we don't know. What's the DNA of a Nigerian? We don't know. Because Nigerians themselves don't know themselves. Everybody is faking it to make it. But if you are self-aware, you stand for what you stand for. I am grateful to God Almighty that I know who I am. And by His grace, I will stand. So there's nothing anybody can tell me. I know who I am. I know what I can take and I know what I will not take. And finally, under this, that's the third element is great interpersonal skills. You wonder why a lot of people are not able to collaborate. Don't you see our environment? We don't have partnerships. We have people going single, my business, I, me. People don't know how to partner, collaborate. Why? Because we have not been going through that process. Interpersonal skills don't exist. But we don't even know that God Almighty, that's why you have Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God had to embark on it. The one that created you and I worked with partnership. How much more you, a creation of the creator? Why would you be a single man? Just doing things yourself, a rumble. You will rumble till you rumble yourself out. You can't. You must relate with people. And that's why you must treat people with dignity and respect. So when you look at the JDI principle, judgment, drive, influence, you must know who you are. Emotional intelligence is not going to just swim on you. No. Emotional intelligence is what is going to keep you in the room. After IQ, your intelligence question passed you through the door. And so at the end of the day, you stand there like a cadet in a military school. There are three words that will stand whenever you are a man or person of influence. Dignity. You enter anywhere, people are going to accept you with dignity. You will be filled with passion, friends. And the third thing they will see about you is respect. Respect for values that you carry. That's when you become a man or woman of influence. That's when your son or daughter would like to introduce you to others and say, that is my dad. There are children today that will not introduce their fathers. There are many today that will not even want to tell you what their surnames are because either their fathers are, you know, are questionable, questionable characters. And I'm 
really wondering why some people just do not care because we live in an age now where it doesn't matter. We can cover it up. Keep covering. One day, after you finish covering, you realize that you are no more. And when they uncover it, you will just be like Anini. Nobody wants to be a Uyenisi. Nobody. If you were wondering, this generation wondering who is a Uyenisi, he was in Torias Robber in the 70s until he faced the firing squad. I have not heard any name called Uyenisi since then. Why? Because that name did not bring glory to the family. And so everybody has bypassed. Or perhaps you may be one of those that are lucky to have somebody you know that is bearing the name Judas. Have you seen any Judas being named around you? Just check around. Check the register of your colleagues. Is there a Judas there? Why is everybody running away from Judas? Why? That's what will happen to you, friends. And it's only because you think you can get away with it. It's only for now, because you don't know tomorrow. We need ourselves. And that's why we must respect people. But in respecting people, you must have values. Because a man of value, a woman of values, they can only speak one thing, is what is inside. It is what the bird eats that it flies with. If you don't have it, you don't have it. Friends, this is an interesting journey. But I can tell you by the grace of God that winning is guaranteed. If you go through this process and you're able to take it into your life, you can take it to the bank that it is guaranteed. And so I want to leave you with what I call some life reflections that you want to look back and say, ask yourself, when were you least productive and when were you most productive? When were you having least fun and when were you having the most fun? When did you have the least sense of belonging and when did you have the most sense of belonging? And finally, when were you learning least and when were you learning most? When you finish all of that, I'll leave you with an assignment as I come back on Tuesday. I want you to write your legacy statement and send that legacy statement to me via email, via email. You know my email address, contact at navigatewithid.com. To those that are serious about it and the best one that I pick, you'll get a copy of my autographed book. Your legacy statement, I'm not going to tell you mine, but mine is here. I'm seeing it right before my eyes. You can send it on Instagram or Twitter, but be sure that it's a legacy statement because I'll hold you to it. That is the starting point of accountability. And God knows that I love you and I want the best for you. And if you see this as a challenge, let's take it and let's make it because the future is bright and ready for those that will take it. Thank you so much for listening. Always my pleasure. Thank you so much for all that you've done and all the beautiful comments. Thank you. I just urge you to make the best of all you have and let God himself bless you and yours. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.